0: I've just started, episode 95 of No Laugh Track. Uh, this is Justin Severson, and uh, thank you to Circle of Heat for letting us play the music there at the beginning of the show, as always. I'm here, return guest from episode 37 now to 95. He was here, uh, I believe we recorded the day before Valentine's Day in 2013.
1: That's right.
0: Yes. And now we're in the middle of April 2014. Will Anderson. It's a uh,
1: special day to, for Australians today. It, Not technically here in the US, but like it's already uh, Friday in Australia as we record. Oh, that's true. And uh, in Australia, it's a day called Anzac Day which is our kind of, I guess it's the equivalent of like Veterans Day or something like that, but also of like maybe 4th of July. Okay. So we have like a national public holiday and they have a long weekend and it's probably our biggest, people enjoy and celebrate Anzac Day more than they celebrate uh, uh, Australia Day. Like it's a bigger event. Because Australia Day comes with some baggage. Because Australia Day, like the Indigenous people call Invasion Day. Oh, because it's basically the you know it, Australia Day celebrates a bunch of English people coming and taking the land from the Indigenous people. Whereas Anzac Day celebrates our like veterans and our people who died in our wars. And so it's kind of a special, What's know, significant the word? A- Anzac? day. Anzac? Anzac, A N Z A K or Z A K, as you guys would A <laughs> I, I, like C, sorry, as yeah, you nice, guys would say. Nice. Uh, Anzac, so A N uh, Z-A-C, ANZAC. Uh, it was Australian and New Zealand Armed Corps It oh, stood okay, for. Okay. So our soldiers in the war were called the ANZACs. Uh, we now have ANZAC biscuits or cookies, as you guys would say. Yes. Uh, yeah, so they have a day and a cookie, uh, basically. And um, it, it celebrates or commemorates, probably is a better word, um, our most famous battle, which is a battle uh, that was made into a movie that had Mel Gibson in it called Gallipoli. Uh, and gallipoli is uh, is probably our most famous sort of battle, but it was a, it was the day that a kind of Australia formed its own identity. We were sent to the wrong beach by the British, uh, you know, commanders in the, and that we had to fight the Turks up up the hill, and like it was a mudslide and a hill, and all these people died. But it's become, you know, sort of our most famous war
0: story. What would you be doing if you were back uh, in Australia then tomorrow? So, to, so basically, Did you be just sleeping in. No, no.
1: Well, hopefully, you get up early. Like if you're really committed, I have not done this for years since my granddad died, who who fought in the war. Okay, uh, but. Uh, a lot of my so this is interesting if you perform for the troops overseas you can technically march on Anzac Day so they have the dawn service which commemorates you know the people who died and then they have an Anzac Day march you know to the war memorial and each city and town will have their own Anzac Day march wow sounds huge so you get up at like 6 in the morning and uh, then so they have Anzac Day so all my comedian friends who've actually performed for the troops technically can march on Anzac Day (laughs) they don't they don't because it's disrespectful when there's like some 90 year old guy who fought in the Second World War and then there's some comedian who told dick jokes to strangers in Afghanistan, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, hey, I
0: lost a leg too, buddy. No, you did Right, yeah. I died.
1: Well, I died on stage. <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't die in the war, but I died in a war zone.
0: I've lost friends too, man. Yeah. I mean,
1: because they weren't good at comedy, not yeah.
0: because they were killed. That's right. You don't, you,
1: know. you, you don't know what it's like, man. You weren't there. <laughs> so then for the rest of the day, what the old diggers, that's what we call our, and I should point out that's with a D. There you go. Uh, Thank you. Because this is an American podcast. <laughs> Thank and you. Diggers. It, diggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, our diggers, which is what we called our soldiers, our diggers, they will spend the rest of the day playing a, a game called called two up. Which is uh, two up is illegal on any every other day of the year because it's gambling, right? Oh, okay. It's a it's a it's a coin game. They toss two coins and it's what they used to play back in the war. But on Anzac Day, it's legal, so you can play two up anywhere oh, on Anzac it, Day. Is
0: it like a pick what it lands on? Yeah, the, uh, okay, yeah.
1: It's like our equivalent of the purge. We have one day a year where sure, <laughs> it's just legal sure. to play two up everywhere. So people will be drinking and playing two two up and commemorating our our soldiers in Australia as they celebrate a uh, big
0: long weekend. Uh, back home well for all of your fans uh, back there listening uh enjoy anzac day yeah anzac exactly. Day. yes um what the heck was i gonna ask you You were here last night this i is, was this is day number two, of day you two. in minneapolis
1: yes i but- was in australia three days ago uh i was in melbourne three days ago melbourne to minneapolis the most direct route um, and yeah, I started, I started last night. It was a brilliant show just behind, behind where you're sitting on stage. There was a, a guy in the front row and he came in a little bit late. And so obviously I started talking to good, him and he good. was like, he was a fine, he was like a f- very sort of, I'm going to say, I'm going to say mid forties, maybe late forties sort of guy, proper mustache, like a man's mustache. Yeah. Not like a wild hillbilly mustache, not like some crazy sort of, I've gone weird for Movember mustache, <laughs> just like a a face that deserved a moustache I gotcha you know like Uh that sort of just a guy who went if you didn't have a moustache I would imagine you had one anyway (laughs) right and so I say to the dude I say you know what's your name and his name's Bob B-O-B right now you guys don't say Bob like I say Bob you say Bob like this apparently Bob (laughs) I'm like how many O's does your name have do you have the Olympic rings like like there's a B and then there's just like someone they had a stroke and held down the O Mm -hmm. and then there's like a B somewhere eventually I think that's Boob I think your name's yeah. Boob Not Bob <laughs> yeah. So Bob, uh, Bob, um, Bab. Bob 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 yep. Bob uh, Bob down the front uh, He uh, Was a, a cool cat And I was like Kind of building him up Talking about how manly he was And how you know, Impressive he was And I said What do you do Bob And he was a cop of course, so yes, he was. Def- it was definitely like as soon as you knew it, yeah.
0: you saw it. That mustache was actually part of his uniform, right? He has to have that, right? Yeah, it's yeah.
1: compulsory. Uh-huh. Like, yep. yeah, when you leave uh, the force over here, you have to hand in your badge, <laughs> your gun, and your mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's not shaved off; it's just yanked off, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you got five days to retirement, they're like,
1: "I've only got five days to retirement, then I can get rid of the moh." <laughs>
0: You were, uh, I was reading, you were at the Melbourne uh, Film, uh, a International Comedy Festival? Yes, that's, that's what was going that's on. That's I was, yes. Yeah. How many nights do you perform? So, something like that.
1: Yeah, okay, so I've been doing that festival. The Melbourne Comedy Festival is the third biggest comedy festival in the world, and um, it's uh, it has uh, around 400 different shows that go on. Uh, wow. For a month, well, four weeks, basically, and uh they have about eight hundred thousand people go and see shows during that time wow uh so my show uh I did twenty four nights of the show uh, wow. in a thousand seat theater so uh yeah so twenty four Nights in a, in a thousand seater um, So basically I went home I did Adelaide Fringe for two weeks I did Brisbane Comedy Festival for a week And I did Melbourne Comedy Festival for a month And so in I start that tour with no show As in like I mean I've never done You know this new show that I'm doing before Like okay. literally in Adelaide The first night of previews Is the first night I tell all those jokes In front of people Wow and then I did 45 shows in 46 days. So by the end of that, hopefully, you have a pretty tight 70 or 80 minutes of like new material. So I, I ran about 20 or 30 of that during the show here last night, and it all seemed to go really well. So I was really happy and excited that I've got a bunch of new stuff. So
0: 20 or 30, what? Uh, okay, you just said you hope to have 70, but then you did 20 or 30. Cause well, yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. going back to the. Well, I mean,
1: mostly here, like, because it's like, what I wouldn't want to do here is like, you know, no one in the audience last night had seen me before. Okay. So what I don't want to do is like, you know, those jokes all worked in Australia. That's my new hour. And hopefully maybe, you know, in a few weeks, like maybe it could all be that material. Yeah. But on the first night. I'm not just going to go, here's all my new stuff. (laughs) On the first night, I'm just going to go, here's some stuff I know works really well. Now that I've got you with that sort of 10 minutes of that, and now that I've, you know, got you with a bit of fun with Bob over here, (laughs) now I'm going to get into the the brand new stuff. So... (laughs) So I reckon as the nights go on, each night I'll, now that I kind of got, well, all that stuff works, I can keep introducing more and more new
0: stuff. Fun with Bob. With Bob. With Bob. People are getting another taste of that Minnesota Midwestern accent that TV show Fargo has started. Now, that's not what you guys sound like,
1: though. It's exaggerated. It's not what you sound like. It's like what they made the Australians sound like in, uh, what was that horrible Rock'em Sock'em robot movie that came out this year? You know, the the fighting robots, the big oh, robots with that Hugh fought Jackman? the- Hugh Jackman? No, not that one. It was oh. like, uh, no, I, I, yeah, sorry. I've, no, the big robots. It was like a massive movie that came out and they were fighting. It was like a Godzilla movie. There was like robots fighting. Uh, it had the guy from Sons of Anarchy in it. And mm. it was like it had Idris Elba in it. People are shouting at the podcast I, right now.
0: Sorry, I, I don't know. Anyway, what it is. they had
1: two Australians in it that weren't Australians. They oh, were people doing Australian perfect. accents, and so that's what it sounds to me like when I watch this TV show Fargo in particular. Mm-hmm. Is I'm like, people don't sound like that here. No, people just sound happy here. Like that's what your accent sounds like. I can't imagine what it's like to get angry at someone here because. Like everything sounds so happy, everything sound. everyone sounds so nice, you know. Like, I was, I, I must be very confusing to be a gay man here because I reckon a lot of the men sound like they're gay, and I don't <laughs> mean that. Do you know what I mean like they're just polite and they're well spoken and they seem to care about what you, you, you're going on about?
0: Well, well spoken used to be code for gay, and right. now it's just uh, <laughs> now it's Minnesotan. Minnesotan. <laughs> He's, he's so well spoken. He's either gay or he's from Minnesota. <laughs> I'm flattered either way. Thank yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, will uh, Illuminati? Uh, Illuminati. It's very hard to I say. I wrote it down, right. uh, thinking I'm not going to have trouble remembering how to pronounce this, and then I think I did not spell it phonetically. So,
1: right. Well, it's one of those things where when when I have to come up with a name for my new tour, it's normally about. I'm still so the way the, the schedule works with the festivals in Australia is. I have to get in the name of my show for the Adelaide Festival in about August. Now, I don't finish my tour that I'm currently on. So, the Illuminati tour won't finish until December, like, you know, this year. Oh, it basically, okay. I started it 1st of March and it goes to sort of, you know, second week of December. Like, I tour for that long. Uh, but, so on that first, but in August, you have to come up with the name and title for your new tour. I haven't even started thinking about that <laughs> oh, at geez. that point, right? Yeah. So, it's always a wheel pun and I always just come up with a name. Yeah. And what I did not do, I thought, oh, Will illuminati that's great. Like the Illuminati, that's a fun name for a mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gives me lots of potential. Whatever I want to talk about in the show, that's going to work. And I never said it out loud. And I have no trouble saying it because I'm like, oh, well, Illuminati, Willuminati, Will it yeah. makes sense to me. But what I've realized in eight weeks of doing press around the show is a lot of people have trouble
0: saying it. Yeah, you know what? And every time I read it this morning yeah. in the last week, I I nailed it. And yeah. then I wrote it down here and it looks like... Willem Inati. Yeah. Like what was I
1: doing there? No, I there were so many Australian radio announcers <laughs> who I had great interviews with and when they tried to plug the show it sounded like they had a stroke. Jeez. It was like, Are you okay? Do I need to hold your tongue? <laughs> Willuminati. It's like Illuminati but with a W. It's really, it's easy.
0: Uh, I listened to you on a uh, another podcast, not yours, uh-huh. but I, I uh, on Doug loves movies. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, that was, you were really good. It was, you know what? I didn't like. It was one of those
1: nights where, as a performer, because uh, it, that, there's a I won't give away too much of
0: it. But well, we can talk about it. it. It's like two months old. Yeah, now. I just Mark,
1: the- Mark Wahlberg uh, isn't really Mark yeah. Wahlberg. But the it's
0: qu- a quotation marks right. Mark Wahlberg,
1: uh, and he was hilarious. But it's like one of those things where. Comedy, and this is the interesting thing about comedy, is that you've got to, and I'm, this is something I'm very glad of, that it's taken me probably 20 years to get to this point, where that was a night, that was my first time on that show, okay. and I love that show, I listen to it all the time. I do, like, I am I'm, I'm a really big fan of the show. Yeah. Um, and so, I was really excited to be on, but then I was on that night with someone who was dominating, and when I say dominating, I don't mean in a mean-spirited way, like someone who was being... Hilarious, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, in those situations, you have, and actually, Rory Scovel was on as well. He's a brilliant stand-up mm-hmm. comedian. Mm-hmm. So, in one of those situations, your natural inclination is: you go, "I want to be like, I want people to think I'm great." You know, yes. what I mean, I want to be, but when someone else is being great, and I know as a listener myself, the worst thing you can do is try to jump on no, that could, or get in the way of that. I y- could tell, Will, right. you,
0: were, you were you were holding back. I you try tell.
1: to facilitate mm-hmm. because. I I always think if you walk away from a show and everyone thinks the show was funny, no, everyone goes, oh, well, you were all funny. Yeah. Whereas the only thing you can really do sometimes is put a handbrake on someone else being funny by going, I want to be in this. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to think I'm the most important person. I I don't think that five, 10 years ago, definitely, maybe not even five years ago, I would have known how to behave properly in that situation to help out the show and that's one of the more interesting things about comedy is that sometimes your job is to be like you know when i'm doing stand-up and like i'm here headlining a club i've got to come out like the audience last night for example were a little bit quiet at the start The the two acts who were on before me were both doing a great job Mm -hmm. but it was just a bit of a wednesday night we're gonna sit and watch the comedy sure now my job in that situation is not to allow that to continue like that my job is to come out and go all right now like here, I'm here and this is what they're paying me to do yeah. and grab it by the balls and make it work, yeah. right? That's my job. Yeah. Um, but in other situations, when you're part of an ensemble or a team player, sometimes your job's not that. Sometimes, you know, you've just got to be, to use a football analogy, you know, not everyone can be the quarterback and not everybody can be the person scoring, you know, the try. But, right. unfortunately, but they can't do that unless there's a lot of other people doing their jobs as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, as I've got older and as I've got more experienced, I've probably at least got a little better at.
0: There's a. Uh, I, I was impressed by your knowledge, as was everyone on that episode of Douglas Movies, your knowledge of Police Academy movies.
1: Mm. Although I was disappointed that uh, I, the, the one that I didn't know was the one that they got me with. That was the, like, the amount of time <laughs> since then that I have like, Mission Miami Beach. Oh my God, <laughs> I just... I mean, I, I'll never forget it again. You know, for the rest of my life, I will know that that one is in my
0: head. You're never going to forget the name of that terrible... Awful, bad movie. I'm not sure that I've seen
1: the Miami Beach one, actually. That's about the only one that I... And maybe it was a Simon Miami Beach anyway. I remember
0: the previews when that movie was about to hit theaters, and there was a scene with the... Uh, oh, he's like the commandant. The guy with the... He uh, had the very hairy chest, and right. they put uh, sunblock... On, oh, yeah, yeah. on him, and I think it said dork or something right. like that. So yep. he was all sunburned, <laughs> and then it was just fucked up. Oh. No, I, I, I'm a, I, I was always. A, I'm a big
1: believer that citizens on patrol, the police academy <laughs> 4 is the highlight of that. Uh, it starts so well; it's got all the you know the skateboarding scenes at the start uh-huh. with like and like Tony Hawk and Steve Cavallaro and all these guys doing this cool skating oh, thing. And right. then it's actually a really kind of funny film. Anyway, <laughs> police academy
0: 4. Have you uh, have you ever met any of your heroes from the police academy movies?
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, that's an interesting. Uh, thing that you asked me, I recently, in fact, I, I've done a couple of gigs with uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, Bobcat and I have done, uh, there's a show called Setlist that I'm sure some people will be familiar with, which mm-hmm. is a improvised stand-up comedy show. Yeah. So the conceit is that you walk out on stage and uh, y- you do it as if it's your set, but you don't know what you're going to talk about. So the topics will come up one by one on screen and they're always, you know, really yeah full on offers like uh, for example, one of the ones I got uh, once was uh jehovah 's rapist oh boy, right, yeah. and so then you 're meant to just do a joke as if that 's your routine right and you can 't do your own material, use your imagination, not your material that 's the motto so you 've got to try to go and I, like and so I think my joke on that occasion was uh if i look to be honest if i 'm ever if I ever encounter a jehovah 's rapist, I just hope there 's a jehovah 's witness <laughs> right <laughs> that's good. and it takes you to a place where you can <laughs> You know yeah. like uh the other the other night when I was playing it, I got a third Reich casual Friday, oh boy, and no, that one's quite good because like oh, it's a very simple one to go, look to be honest, the uniforms were the only thing they had going for them, so Friday they were particularly terrible <laughs> <laughs> but uh Bobcat and I have been doing that show uh, a lot together. So I did and it. That's at, in L.A. Uh, so I did it at UCB in L.A. with him. But uh, recently, we did it together at uh, San Francisco Sketchfest and at Cobb's there. And it was like five hundred people in the room, and Gilbert Gottfried was on, wow. and a bunch of other um, yeah, really, really top class you yeah. know acts. In fact, uh, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> uh, was on doing set list that night as well. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely. Uh, brilliant fun, but yeah. So Bobcat in particular is the one that I've uh, kind of run into and worked with a bit.
0: So you're filling these, ti- you're filling uh, your time these days, like you said. You just were back in Australia working, doing all these uh, festivals. How long have you lived in United States? So, uh, well, this is coming up to my, I guess, like
1: it's nearly four years now, Jeez. on and off, yeah. you know. So, out of that four years, I've probably been here nearly, I don't know, nearly two years now. Yeah. And uh, so, this year is the first year where I kind of, so I I, I didn't buy a house. I just rented a new place in December last year, but this is the first time I've had furniture because I decided, okay, well, this is basically the first year I came over, I did three months. The second year I came over, I did four months. The third year I came over, I did five months. And so, this year is the first year where I'm spending more time in America than I spend anywhere else right so i thought okay well i'm here officially now right so i rented a place in la i decided i was going to buy furniture and actually set myself up it sounds so exciting at the start having an empty because i have nothing you know like i've because i have a house and stuff at home so i left everything there right i'm starting from scratch and it sounds so exciting at the start. You're like, brilliant, I can buy a TV yeah. and I can buy a couch and I can get a new bed and all that stuff is fun. And then all the not fun stuff happens because you realize you have to buy a bin for under the sink <laughs> and like toilet paper hole. You're like, am I spending my money on these si- oh, cleaning products? Oh, a mop? I need a mop and a broom? What sort of society is this?
0: I just bought my first uh, a mixer. To make because it's my one of my daughter's birthday this uh-huh, weekend, uh-huh. and I want to make a cake. Right. And then I, oh. I read the instructions right. and realized I couldn't just stir it. And I oh, you needed a, like an, a a real a, mixer. Yeah, right. So I bought my first mixer nice. last night. Yes,
1: I have a salad spinner. Salad spinner.
0: Yeah. Though, have you ever actually used it?
1: Yeah, I have. say, so people think they're useless. Your salad. Spinner. I bought one
0: for my mom for Mother's Day. Right, and she, I've, she's. I've never seen her use it. I,
1: I see. I enjoy a salad. And I enjoy my salad spun. (laughs) No, no, I like a salad spinner. We once on radio, this will sound like the worst radio segment of all time. And it kind of was, but it was also like because it was so stupid, it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the guy I was doing radio with and I, we had an argument one day about the salad spinner because I'm a big fan of the salad spinner, <laughs> and he was like, "You can dry lettuce quicker, like just by using like a towel or what, or just drying it right mm-hmm. than a salad spinner." I'm like, "No way!" So we decided that we would like test it. No, you didn't. Yeah. We so like, but not just that. We wanted the quality of the the lettuce to come into it as well because I didn't want to just damp it down with a towel because then it would be like it would taste bad. Sure, it's dry, right? But it's gonna taste. It's not going to taste right, right? That's the salad spinner. It freshens it up. So we got in. So we dried the lettuce on air, like so. We firstly, but we got in. Our judges were. We thought who are the experts when it comes to lettuce? So we had like a a, like a model. Uh We had this girl from Australia's Next Top Model who like won that. that. So we got her in Mm because we thought a model knows about lettuce. Yeah, and we got a rabbit. And. And so we dried our lettuce and then we, like, got the model to try which one she liked and then we put the lettuce, like, in front of the rabbit and whichever one it went to, we decided it was the winner. But um, my favourite moment of that whole show, because we did it, like, over an hour, we made it this big deal, was when we came back from the song and, like, the, the, uh, the other guy that I worked with had to do the reset. Like, you know, he goes, it, this, it was one of my favourite lines ever on radio. So he goes, if you just tuned in, we're drawing lettuce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have a caller here that has a question for the rabbit bob, right. bob? Did you have a question? <laughs> <laughs> wow wow that that's a first i've never uh no. i don't think that'll ever be duplicated Innovative, anywhere was there a consensus i have to know yeah the spinner
1: the, the that's, spin- why, <laughs> that's why i've got a spinner now in america too spins the other way in australia though i, I should point that out <laughs> doesn't doesn't that's a joke it's a joke <laughs>
0: You know, usually I'm a sucker for things like that, but mm-hmm. I knew you were good for yep. me right there. Do you, I, uh, do you, I know a lot of comedians do this. Do you have set up a Google alert for your own name? No. Nope. See what pops up there? No. Nope. But you've heard that before, right? I understand what the concept
1: is, yeah. but no, I don't. I am, uh, without, like, so my name's used a lot in Australia and I don't want to know when people are using it. Like, I just have no interest. I like, I don't like to read things about myself in general, mm-hmm. like good or bad. Yeah. Um, you find out enough about them anyway. Like, you know, being on Twitter and stuff like that, people are at reply your sure, stuff or sure. like, even like, you know, reviews and stuff when you're in a festival or whatever. Because I try to avoid all reviews, good or bad, during the festival because you don't need other people's like opinions getting in your head when you're trying to film. Right. All the only thing you should be listening to is the audience and your show. Yeah. Because they're the two things that will tell you where the show needs to go. Right. But you particularly don't need to hear the opinion of one person who probably didn't even pay for a ticket. Yeah. They're the least. Like, even if it's good, even if it's like someone saying this is the best show that I've ever seen in my life, it's not – part of the process is that I should be constantly working on the show. Mm -hmm. So if someone says this is like the perfect show, then part of me is like, well, I don't have to work on it anymore. So I don't like to see any of it. But what's happening these days is people will like – like, even reviewers and stuff will at-reply you on Twitter with their reviews. And I'm like, um, I don't want to read your review. Like, I don't want to. Why are you at-replying me? It's bad form. Read this, read this, read this. Right, yeah.
0: Why well, did had an interesting one come up uh, for you with the name Will Anderson. Uh-huh. Uh, the 1972 movie, The Cowboys.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. The John Wayne movie. Yeah. Now, I've never seen this, but people keep telling me that his
0: character, his name is Will Anderson. Is yeah. That right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It says, uh, the, I, I have a, here's the description of the movie. Now, I, I, you, know, you were born after 1972. Oh, 1974, In, that's right. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. named after this. Your, your dad, wasn't he a farmer? Yeah. Not a cowboy. Not a cowboy. Well, technically,
1: like, I mean, he farms cows, See, and he was at one stage a boy. In fact, he farmed cows on a farm when he was a boy. Oh my God! He is a cowboy. See,
0: it says uh, when his cattle drivers abandoned him for the gold fields, rancher Ooh. Will Anderson is forced to take on a collection of young boys as Ooh. his driver yes. <laughs> that sounds. Yeah. What are right. you doing, Will? Yeah. As his drivers, in order to get his herd to market in, in time to avoid financial disaster, yeah. the boys learn to do a man's job under Anderson's tutelage. However, neither Will Anderson nor the boys know that a gang of cattle thieves is stalking them. Oh, hang on, yeah. trouble. Trouble stalked by cattle thieves. I
1: um have never been stalked by cattle thieves. I the thing the, here's a couple of things I know about my name. Firstly, that it was in this uh, John Wayne movie. I know that. Mm. The second thing is I know that uh, there was a popular Hollywood celebrity who um uh, whose real name is my name who changed their name because they didn't like the name Will Anderson thought they could get who was that?
0: Did you? I think you told me that last like, time.
1: Adam West, TV's that's the Batman. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They're my two Will Anderson facts that I have.
0: That is right. So when you're doing time when you're uh, spending time back in uh, when I'm doing time? When you're doing time? <laughs> when th- I'm
1: back I'm doing time. So you're on work release right yeah, now, Yeah, we're all convicts. Everyone from <laughs> Australia is still a convict.
0: <laughs> when you're spending time uh-huh. back in California? And you're not, are you, uh, like, you trying to get it back on television? I know, you know, you have somewhat of a TV and radio background uh-huh. back home in Australia. Yeah, no. Are you well, trying to get something going here?
1: No, not really. No? Um, no, in fact, I'm having a year off my TV show at home, so I can just concentrate on stand-up. Okay. I, basically, what I've been dreaming of doing for the last 20 years, really, since I started doing stand-up, I started working in the media in Australia when I was... 25 So for the last 15 years Like I did a radio show For 6 years And then I did a TV show That went for 6 years And then I did another radio show That was like 2 years And then I've been doing This current radio show This current TV show For 6 years Which one is that? Uh, Gruen, the Gruen series. Okay. So like uh, at the, at, it changes its name a lot. So it was originally the Gruen Transfer, then it was Gruen Planet. Uh, we did one about the Olympics, which was called Gruen Sweat. We did one around the election, which was called Gruen Nation. So we kind of adapt the... But it's always called Gruen something. Okay. And so we've done six years of that. So we're having a year off that this year. Um, and we'll, pro- we'll probably do another series in 2015. But basically because for the last 15 years as my stand-up career has grown, all I ever really wanted to do, like, because all I've ever wanted to do was be a stand-up, yeah. right? And it's getting to the point in my life where if I want to be a really good stand-up, like, if I really want to, you know, you can't do it part-time. Like, if you want to get really good at something, like, it's like one of those things where, like, you wouldn't imagine, like, an NBA, no one wants an NBA basketballer to be like, oh yeah, but LeBron has, like, another job. <laughs> Like, you know, he has another job that he... He's that good, but he also has another job. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, and I think that's what it's like with comedy. I'm certainly not comparing myself to LeBron, but I'm just saying that if you want to be of that level, then I think that you've got to spend some time... Now, that doesn't mean that at some stage that I don't want to then go back and do, like, you know, television stuff. But I don't think there's any point for me... You know, getting jumping into something that would stop me from working on and concentrating on my stand-up. I'd rather get really good at doing the stand-up and then see where that led me. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love to do some stuff that helps my stand-up. Like if, you know, Chris Hardwick wants to book me on at midnight or if some people want to get me on some late-night shows doing sets or, yeah, that sort of stuff. Okay. I'd love to do that. And at some stage, what my aim is, well, my hope is that maybe uh, at the end of this tour, we might record it and, you know, sell the special to even like to Netflix or to Amazon or one of those places yeah. where people can just see the, the show in its entirety. And I'd rather kind of concentrate on that and get people to see what it is that I actually do rather than be doing something else and then people coming out and going, ah, you know, oh, you're the guy who spins the wheel on the thing or, you know, does the blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, I'm telling my stories about the Outback Steakhouse and they're like, this is not what we thought this was going (laughs) to be. (laughs) Um,
0: Who were were the comedians that you were following, like, um, growing up?
1: Uh, So, uh, well, Billy Connolly. Do you know who Billy Connolly is? Yeah, we talked about that last time. Okay. Yeah. uh,
0: you know what, more specifically, how about American comedians? Okay, George
1: Carlin Yeah, uh, was first and foremost. Pro- George Carlin was probably the first American comedian I ever heard. Um, uh, Bob Newhart. Because what you've got to realize is that we weren't seeing a lot of... Um, like comedy on TV or anything. Yeah. We got the occasional episode of the David Letterman show. Like, I mean, I remember the last time I came here, one of the most exciting things in my life was, I was here the week after Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips may have been the first person or like the second person I ever saw do stand-up. Like, I remember seeing him on Letterman, you know, all those years ago. Sure, yeah. And like, I'd never really seen anyone actually do stand-up. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd heard it on records. I'd heard a Billy Connolly record. I'd heard like, uh, but I'd never actually seeing what it looks like yeah. you know so that sort of stuff was pretty exciting um uh, so yeah bob newhart button down mind of bob newhart was certainly an album that i um i remember when i went and played the ice house in pasadena and you know the, 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 those albums were recorded there on that stage you know 50 years ago like that venue's been there and yeah i mean th- that was really amazing to me and then you know the usual richard pryor um bill hicks Uh, And then I guess like, you know, it became, yeah, the more you could uh, access stuff, yeah, the broader, you know, my interest became. I mean, people like uh, Mitch Hedberg and, you know, guys like that who I just adored, you know.
0: There was a... uh, Paula
1: Poundstone, like people like that. Like, you know, it was really interesting. Like I know that all got a bit weird and messy at some stage, but I remember like, I remember being on a plane when I was like, 16 or 17. This is where you would hear comedy. So I was on a plane and they used to have like a comedy channel like you know the the Hmm. in-house thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And I could... That was where I was hearing most of the comedy and like... Paula Poundstone had this bit about the, the pilot announcing to the, you know, like on people on the left, you know, if you look over the left. Right, right. And then it was this whole thing about people on the left. I hate the people on the right. <laughs> you know, and it was, if anyone could ever find her routine about the airplane announcement, I, I mean, it was one of my favorite routines for years. <laughs> it just made me laugh
0: so much. I didn't expect that Will Anderson would tell me today that he uh, used to laugh his tail off to Paula P- Poundstone. Paula
1: Poundstone, um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, there was, the, there was this Whoopi Goldberg... Um, Who no
0: one even knows anymore did stand up, right. by the way. Right,
1: and she did this like Broadway show... Um something Fontaine, Why Am I Straight, or something like that it was called. And so I had that album and I listened to it and she does a couple of character pieces, sure, but yeah. there's a really good like yeah, old lady. Yeah. So, and little... there's like a really funny um like a, a, a anti like a funny abortion bit like something that I found so edgy at yeah. like at this stage that someone could talk about that sort of stuff. I remember uh at Montreal the gala about four years ago, I guess. Um Whoopi Goldberg was hosting my gala and like you know i met her afterwards and it was one of those moments in my life where i was like oh wow like when i was not doing this like you were Yeah. Like i was listening to you yeah. thinking wow i'd like to do that yeah, and now here we're you are. we're doing a gig to- together it's pretty cool. Are there any yeah.
0: other any other names you could think of that are that are similar to that and, you know um you saw Whoopi long ago and then right in front of you
1: yeah i mean well louis ck i you know when the first time i gigged with louis that was pretty like even similar even though i discovered louis probably once i'd started doing comedy he'd been a guy that i would admired for so many years yeah. so to be able to gig with him john cleese like i grew up watching faulty towers and sure. like monty python and stuff in fact i think the first full-length comedy album i ever heard was my friend uh, peter Shepard. his parents had a copy of um it was the life of brian yeah and uh, like on record you you know, not even the movie. Oh, there was okay. like a record version mm-hmm. of the Life of Brian, which is different to the movie, by mm-hmm. the way. If you can find them, they're different jokes. Kind of like the Anchor Man, you know, where they brought out the yeah, the different joke version. Oh yeah, it's a bit like that. Yeah, There's yeah. different wow. jokes on the recording that there is in the movie, and and uh, I got to perform with John Cleese, um, and they'd said that uh, so he was hosting this gala that I was doing, and he came on from one side of the stage, and you came on from the other side of the stage, and I was like, am I not going to get to late meet? John Cleese like I can't be this close yeah, and yeah. not actually get to meet him right and they're like oh no 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 you're not allowed to like engage with them, and you're not allowed to blah 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 and in my head I'm like oh really like anyway so I did my set and we we're doing two shows that night uh, so I did my set and my set like I was it was very uh, I had look I mean this is uh, I'm not going to uh, use false modesty. Yeah. It was just one of those nights, and the second show wasn't the same. But I was on a lineup that night with uh, with Louis, with Dylan Moran, who's one of the, the greatest comedians that I've ever worked with. Uh, with Martin Short was on that night. Wow. Uh, Margaret Cho was on. Russell Howard from the UK, who people might know, really brilliant stand up comedian who plays stadiums over there. And for whatever reason, I just had one of those sets where you know, bang, it yeah. worked. You know, from the gun from the get go. Like, it just flew, mm-hmm. you know? I had a great set. And so afterwards, like, you know, the crowd are kind of going a bit wild and they bring you out for your, like, sort of, you know, bow and that sort of thing. And I just was like, ah, screw it. And I ran across the stage and I just hugged John no! Cleese. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if this is inappropriate. <laughs> I've just had a really great gig with a lot of my heroes and now I'm going to hug John Cleese in front of 3,000 people. Did he react well? He was great with it. And okay. you know what? We spent... uh Like between the two shows, we then ended up having a big uh, chat about comedy, and he was very nice to me. And a a couple of weeks later, he said something very nice in an article that we still use in our press
0: release. Oh, really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was like, it was one of those moments where uh, he was asked, obviously, about um, like Australian comedy. I was gonna say, did
0: he say your name or just say that Aussie fellow?
1: No, so it was like one of those things where he's being interviewed for a tour, and it was. I know how this would have happened cuz I get it. Like it would be it would be the same as if someone asked me like here about like you know who do you like who does you know comedy here. Mm-hmm. I would mention someone I worked with last night because I'd be pretty much the person that I yeah, could yeah, think yeah. of, right? Yeah, yeah. So they've obviously asked him about like you know who who do you like and he said like oh yeah there's this brilliant young Australian comedian called Will Anderson who's like one of the best young comedians in the world and we use that all the time, that <laughs> quote. We Will Anderson is one of the best yeah, yeah. young comedians in the world. John Cleese. I'm like, Will Anderson is one of the only Australian comedians I could think of on the spot.
0: Right. <laughs> Will Anderson. I know he's the greatest from meeting him for one hour. The best. Yeah, exactly. The best. What first year you came to the United States?
1: Uh so about 4 years ago, I can't quite Oh, well when I first came, you mean? Yeah. Oh, no, uh 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Um yeah, maybe even longer than, than that now. Um I remember I did a gig in New York. It was about 10, ten years ago. Um I'd played Just for Laughs in uh, in Montreal yeah. and uh the day after I did a gig in uh in New York, which oh. was the first time that I'd 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 played uh, in America.
0: So now, growing up in Australia, and then uh, now you've been here about four years, first time, as you said, you know, 10 years ago or so. How have, uh, you know, like the stereotypes? We were talking beforehand, Uh before we started recording, about how you've, like, whether you like it or not whether you stepped up to this position or not uh doing interviews and meeting people here you you were inevitably like a spokesperson right. almost and, it's true. and the uh you know the information for Australia and it's amazing because when you travel
1: overseas of course um What you don't realize is that you are, like, particularly because I am doing interviews and stuff like that, you become a bit of a spokesperson for Australia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, People think you're an expert in Australia. I'm just from there. It doesn't mean I know everything about there. you know, I was thinking
0: about this last night. Like, if if this was reversed and you were asking me questions uh, about the United States, I've never been to California. Right. I have no idea. I know as much as you would know from watching television or reading or, you know, like, I've never been to Texas. Don't ask me about the South. Well, how are people different in the South? I I know every stereotype you know. Right. I don't know. And that's the
1: interesting thing about Australia for me. Like, at least I can speak to all those things because having toured there for, you know, nearly 20 years, there isn't many places in Australia that I haven't been. Okay. And I do know a lot about that. But thing, I don't know anything about koalas. <laughs> And, like, people are are fascinated by koalas. They're like, tell us another thing. So I I now have koala facts. Like, I've studied a little bit. So at least if somebody says, tell us something about koalas, I can drop a few koala facts on them. (laughs) 90% of them have chlamydia. There you go. That's my koala fact. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. They're high most of the time, and most of them have chlamydia.
0: I uh, so you must have had some sort of idea of like what the United States was, uh-huh. and you know all of our stereotypes before you got here. Yeah, I guess. What have you? What it, Although did- here's here's what I would say is that the difference between the two
1: is uh, I, I get a lot of stereotypes here because all you guys know about Australia is crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Right. Whereas we have been inundated with a, such a wide variety of American culture from the moment we were born that you don't really have that same thing you don't have a mod homo- we don't have a homogenized idea of what you guys are like now if i was going to go to the stereotypes of you know what are they you're loud like obnoxious arrogant you have everyone loves guns yeah like they you know, oh you love to eat right you love to eat you love to shoot things and you're loud mm-hmm. but that's not true of no. course like i mean you know uh uh there 's such a rich tapestry of people you know in this country that some of them are like that, and right. some of the places are the complete opposite of like that, and you 'll be in a room and some people will be exactly like that, and the person sitting next to them will be the opposite of that, yeah, I think we have more a sense of the dichotomy of America than you have about Australia because you know we 've watched everything from. Arnold Schwarzenegger movies to Woody Allen movies. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Wes Anderson's an American, you know, in the same way as, like, uh, The Rock is. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. we, we we got all those various sort of cultural mm-hmm. influences. So I, I don't think that we quite have the same cliched idea yeah. about you guys. It, I mean, it's... But there's still cliches. Like, there's, I mean, you know, the love of guns and war and, you know, eating, yeah. they'd be
0: the big ones, I think. Yeah, it, it is, uh, boy, it's... So... <laughs> It says a lot about. It does really say a lot about American culture in that you know, uh, you know, you, that people from other parts of the world know so much about us, and that you just said is kind of like almost forced on you from birth, right? Like, uh, like yeah. I mean, I could go to Australia and, be, 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 yeah. No one would care. <laughs> right. Like, no one oh, would what care. What is it li- No. 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 Like and you, were saying and me- you wouldn't feel like you were a million miles away
1: from home because you'd be able to go to McDonald's mm-hmm. and you'd be able to go to Burger King and you'd be able to go to Starbucks and you'd be able to watch American movies. Mm-hmm. The only thing you wouldn't be able to do is go to the Outback Steakhouse <laughs> because we don't have those in Australia. <laughs> what? It's just called Steakhouse, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's in the Outback, in the middle of the Outback where there's nobody. We have one restaurant. <laughs> Table for one, yeah, table for one.
0: <laughs> and as uh, uh, yeah, it's into-
1: interesting. Modern Family just did an episode in Australia. They did, and it was, it, it, was uh, it aired last night. Or and so we always have a like in Australia, we have a debate about our you know, sense and place in the world every time, like, an American TV show makes a, you know, something about it. Of so Because they always go to the cliches. Yeah. Like, the, the, the Simpsons episode in Australia is still one of the most hated, despised, and debated episodes of anything that's ever happened. Because, like, Australians are like, well, we're not like... I'm like, have you ever watched The Simpsons? Every time they go to a different country, they, like, play up every oh, yeah. horrible stereotype. Yeah, yeah. These are some of the smartest people in the world. You know how they... Like, they deliberately get things wrong to provoke. Right, That's what they're right, doing. Right, right. But Modern Family, you know, it goes to all those sort of cliches, you know, like, uh, everything's dangerous and it will kill you. And, like, you know, Bondo Beach, everyone's, you know, like, I mean, they shot basically where, you know, my house is in Sydney. Oh, okay. And so, like, it's it, it becomes this cultural debate of, like, what does America think of us? Like, is, what is the idea of what they think Australians are?
0: Yeah, uh, it's fascinating. It, it really is fascinating. Uh, burp, burp, burp. I wrote some things down here. Running out of time, so mm. I want to get to them here. Uh, burp, 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 burp. The problem is that I talk too much. You did say no. that.
1: You did say that beforehand. You said I write down some questions, but you <laughs> talk too much.
0: Here's what I need to do. I need to go to my other set of notes here. All I want right. to talk a little sports. Okay, yeah, let's talk sports. Did I? Now remind me here. I've heard. Oh, I also heard you talk on uh, another one of my absolute favorite podcasts mm-hmm. uh, with Jay Larson. Oh, Crabface. Crab yeah, yeah,
1: that was fun. That was really. Those good. guys are brilliant. Now I'm going to try to get Jay on my podcast Tofop, but uh, Ryan Sickler's been on and it. It's one of the most popular episodes. It was a really funny, yeah, funny episode. They're well, Stuart, cool great. cats.
0: And you guys talked about uh, cricket. cricket quite a bit. Yeah. So I want to talk about a little bit of sports. Here. Yeah, sure. Um, what What's the most obvious similarity between cricket and baseball? Uh,
1: that sometimes not a lot of things happen. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you gotta make your own fun. Okay. Um, I always describe, uh, cricket as, as it's physical chess. Like a lot of it's in the brain, you know, and the, the thing about baseball, like I think without knowing much about baseball, uh, is that it's not just about your capacity to hit a ball when it's thrown it's about your capacity to not get inside your own head to know when to wait to know when to not swing to know what shot to play to then be able to pick the right ball to not get thought out and that sort of thing cricket is very much like that in that the actual action the thing that happens there's a lot of mental stuff that goes before that and around that that you then have to get out of your own way when it happens
0: now did did you have a family member that played
1: my dad played a pretty high level and i think probably if he hadn't been a farmer he might have you know, played it even at a higher level. But uh, my dad played and he played at home until he was like in his mid-50s, nearly 60. Um, like but,
0: played and made money? Or just oh, played? no, no, just
1: played like in yeah. the country leagues at that yeah. stage. But, you know, he played like state level. Like, you know, he was a really good cricketer. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you played a little bit, or not? Yeah, at all? but
1: I was terrible. terrible. I mean, I played right up until when I was sixteen, seventeen. Like, but I was. I mean, when I say I was, I like, like I made a little. I made a few like local sort of representative teams and stuff. But I was never the star player. Never, like, never. I I was an Australian rules football player. That was my sport. And I was. I probably, if I hadn't hurt myself, I possibly could have played professionally. Like, I mean, it was something that I was considering when I was a teen. I was. I was literally thinking that perhaps I would be a professional footballer for a a living, Uh, but I kind of hurt my back when I was 16 or so, and that kind of put the end to that because I wasn't so good that, you know, like it was one of those things where, as I said, as I often said, because people uh, say to me, they're like, you know, do you regret that you didn't play? At my best, if I got the best out of myself, I might have played three or four years. I might have played like maybe 50 games if I'd got the best out of me that yeah. I ever could have and how long do the
0: games go normally how, uh, how long could a game last
1: of cricket uh, of, ma- uh, is it a of cricket, match? You mean? A- cricket yeah so okay so there's three forms of cricket so here's what I would say is like um, there's uh, the the long form test match cricket which is my favourite
0: five days yeah amazing yeah
1: It used to be open-ended. It used to be able to play for as long as you wanted until you got a result. But now it's five days. There are a
0: lot of people hearing this going, uh, yeah, baseball just seems like it lasts that long. Yeah, No, they have three forms of cricket. There's
1: 50-50, one-day cricket. So that's 50 overs uh, each. And then that's an over six ball. Anyway, this is detail no one needs. But uh, <laughs> and then there's twenty twenty, which is the shortest version of the game, which is the kind of just bash and smash version.
0: No, I have a uh, no, another one of my jobs is I work at some of the stadiums around to- a town here, mm. walking up and down as a beer vendor. Oh yeah, yeah, Cold yep. no beer here. Uh-huh. Are there vendors at uh, live sporting events such as cricket? Yes, but not Bec- beer. No, what? That's why. What okay, what? What? What is sold?
1: Uh, yeah. like you know, snack foods and all that sort of th- hot pies. Hot pies Hot pies Yeah Meat pies Uh, That's a big football thing But not so much a cricket thing But uh, um, You know Snacks and drinks And stuff like that But you can buy beer But you have to go to the bar Like inside the stadium To buy beer And you can take them to your seat But They just don't have vendors Coming around Because people would mug them And take their beer (laughs) You think so? Ah, oh, that's what I always say about the, you know, the at the basketball and stuff here, they have like the kiss cam and the dance cam, and yeah. it's wonderful, and it's yeah. a really nice part of the sport. They would, no, no Australian sports have that. You know why? Because they would install it, and they put in all that technology, and then on the very first day, somebody would ruin it by getting their cock out. <laughs> on the first day, literally the first day, there would be some kid dancing, and some guy behind would get his cock out, and he would ruin it for everybody. <laughs> If they had a guy handing out beer, some guy would mug that guy and take his beer
0: and ruin it for everybody. Oh, that's so perfect! <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. I saw. Uh, are you a golf fan at all? I mean, I watch it. I don't play it. Yeah, I, I'm I rarely watch it or play it. But uh, I did catch my eye that Tiger Woods was uh, his, his. One of his kids is playing t ball. Do you know oh, what T ball yep.
1: is? It's like uh yeah, like softball, but like it's on a stick, right? You just hit it off a stick. Yeah, pretty exactly. Yeah.
0: He was watching his kid play T ball the other day with his ex wife and his current girlfriend, the skier, Lindsay mm. Vaughn. Oh well, that's I mean good on him. You ever been in a situation like
1: that? No. No. No, I've <laughs> never I mean, I've never been married anyways. so that uh that, that helps. Uh certainly I would never bring some new girlfriend to meet my ex girlfriend unless I needed that new girlfriend murdered <laughs> And none of the girls that I've ever dated would come to watch T ball with me, so
0: Is there a uh, is there somebody in your life right now? How are the American uh, women treating treating you well? Uh
1: no, there's not. I've been kind of uh, well, I was going to say, I've been kind of single, that's that, That's not true. I, so I, I lived with a girl, um, my best friend in the world still. Uh, we lived together for nearly 10 years and we broke up about 18 months ago after like 10 years of on and off and yeah. trying to make it work with a, a touring comedian and a girl who doesn't want to tour do it in comedy. Yeah. Um, and so basically when I was spending more and more time overseas and it wasn't working, we kind of decided that we would... Uh, let it go. But she still lives at my house in, in Sydney and has done for a year and a half. We've got, like, four like, pets together and stuff. And, like, you know, she came down to Melbourne and hung out for a while. We're, we're still very close. So I have not uh, been in a sort of situation or a position to move on. But I must admit that... American like, girls? Haven't really dated any American... Well, I mean, I've been on a few, like, dates. But, like, I haven't really...
0: Come on, man. I know that they freaking You know, we we have a mutual friend that we talked about last time, Brad Blanks. So uh-huh. You know him a little bit. That's true. Yeah. Yes. And I... Every woman that ever meets Brad, right. I mean, he's a charming f- fellow. He is a but, charming uh, fellow. There's uh, no doubt about uh, that. Let's be honest here. The accent, American women love the accent.
1: Well, you know what? Like, I find at the gigs and stuff, people are always like, you know, we could have kept listening to you talk. We yeah. love the way you talk. But I haven't really seen it, like you know translate into it's not like i've got lines of women outside my door or whatever <laughs> maybe i'm putting off an unavailable uh, vibe or something i'm not sure what it is what are you doing wrong uh you know what it, i think it's probably the fact that i talk about the fact that i have osteoarthritis in my hips during my show <laughs> i
0: pro- didn't know that i read
1: that about you yeah what? my hips click when i walk people don't that's not sexy what? no girl wants to hear that <laughs>
0: That's not supposed to happen. In You're in your, in your 30s still, right? It's, uh, no, just 1040. 1040 okay. oh, in 40. Uh, January. Okay. Oh, so, okay.
1: um, it's, a, it's a degenerative hip condition, but there's two things. It's, firstly, my dad just got his hip replaced, so it's a, it's a genetic thing. Yeah. But secondly, um, Australian rules football, which is what I played, and soccer players. Anyone who played those sports, basically if you have this thing on your hip uh, socket... There's a certain way with kicking and karate martial arts and stuff like that, that if you have this, you are very susceptible to osteoarthritis because of the way the leg works. Your leg's not meant to kick that far, apparently, (laughs) technically. I believe that. Yeah.
0: I believe that one of the things I uh, want to mention here How, what is your status with your podcast right now Oh, like so, cast, singular plural what are you doing which okay. ones are you doing right now so I,
1: I have one called Willosophy which is occasional yeah. which is where I just get a mo- mostly an, a famous Australian celebrity Um, but they're interesting people they're not necessarily stand up comedians in fact I don't think I, I may have done one comedian who was like an old kind of comedy guy but like I, there's a dude from advertising and an actor and a bunch of people and I, all I really ask them is whether they have a philosophy of life, whether you know, whether they have something they believe in, and then we use that as a starting point just to talk about life. It's not a straight interview, often, like I never get to talk to them about the thing they're actually famous for. We just talk about life and you know, mm-hmm. uh, what they think about life. But my main podcast is called uh, TOFOP, T right. O F O P, uh, as I think I mentioned last time, mm-hmm. it's a, a named after Russell Crowe's band, that's right, and uh, <laughs> which got mentioned again this morning. That's right. I, I'm an expert on Russell Crowe now, <laughs> uh, but a um. It's it, it's pretty regular now. Like we've just uh, clocked up uh, the hundredth episode or whatever of that, and we kind of did nearly a hundred of the old one. So, uh, so Topop was uh, me and uh, this guy Charlie, uh, and he had to leave because he's an actor and he got a job, and they said he couldn't do the podcast anymore. Okay. Uh, Good and, for Charlie And then I've done uh, Another 100 or so episodes With uh, guest Charlies So at the moment It's called Faux Fop uh, As in like You know Pretend Faux right. uh, <laughs> Alternative universe yeah. Faux Fop uh, But at some stage Charlie will come back Charlie and I Just did a live show At the Melbourne uh, Comedy Festival We did a live Toe Fop oh, okay. So he hasn't been on the show For about 18 months And uh, he, he, the TV network Said we could do a live one But we couldn't record it And put it out there But they, they didn't mind If we just did a live one In front of a oh, live nice. audience Because it's a, it's a content thing basically sure. they don't want this guy in this family drama you know talking about you know, which Batman he would fucking order or whatever <laughs> you know the stuff that we talk about right, in, right. in the podcast right <laughs> so they said he could do this live one and uh, it was amazing we put the tickets on sale and we sold 350 tickets to this live show in 6 minutes wow like it sold out in 6 minutes it, people were mad. It was like we were the Rolling Stones. I've never sold anything that quickly. Like I sold 22,000 tickets at the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, and I never sold 350 of them in six minutes. That's crazy. Yeah, so it was cool. It was a people really fun night. For it, huh? Yeah, and so we did like an hour. We did kind of 40, 50 minutes with him, just him, him and I, and then we brought out a bunch of people who've been guest Charlies oh, over, over sure. the years to yeah. kind of be in it. So it was, it was really great fun.
0: Maybe you can get that guy who does Mark Wahlberg.
1: Oh, you know what? He's going. To be, oh well, I, we have spoken about oh, really? getting him to be, <laughs> a guest, Charlie. So hopefully that will happen in the next couple of months.
0: <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> you know, I do have one more question about sports. Right. I'm curious about. <clears throat> we're uh, we're in the middle of the first round of the NHL hockey uh-huh. you know, playoffs. I bought a hockey T-shirt today because
1: my ex-girlfriend, uh, sh- her nickname for me, what she always called me, is Wild. And they're called the Wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I was like in a souvenir shop. In fact, here we go. Look, I, I can even prove that this is, I'm not making up this story because I, I i came straight from there to here. So I just bought a... Uh, you bought a Minnesota Wild t-shirt? Minnesota Wild t-shirt. While you're my, po-
0: oh, look at that. You got a green one. A it's green The one. team
1: colors. So this is for my ex and it just says Wild. And it's got like the...
0: Minnesota and like, the oh yeah, ho- the it's hockey. got our made up logo that isn't really anything, right? It's an animal with Minnesota stuff. in yeah. it Yeah. So they're officially my hockey team now <laughs> based on that. So my question is, uh, if someone, uh, you know, grew up in Australia, obviously didn't play hockey. Yeah. What do you know about hockey? Could you describe it to, could you describe it to someone?
1: Okay. So firstly, here's what I know about ho- hockey is that you call it hockey here, not what we call it in Australia. Ice hockey because field hockey is hockey in Australia. Uh, But over here, like. I, that one was bashed out of me pretty quick. Yeah. Like, I can say pretty much what I like. I've been to comedy clubs and I've, like, talked about religion and I've talked about guns. And normally people, even if they don't agree with me, are very accepting. The only thing that really got people rankled was when I kept calling it ice hockey. They are like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's hockey. It's not ice hockey. I'm like, okay. Perfect. I get that first. Perfect. Secondly, uh, I have watched all three Mighty Ducks movies. Okay. So I've got some <laughs> mm-hmm. knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it because the sport that I love, Australian rules football, the, the players, well, a lot of the players have similar physiques, like big guys, like six foot, you know, three, four, whatever, massive athletes. But mm-hmm. the thing that I love about, like, going to the hockey and watching it is how I mean, firstly, it's very physical. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they can come at you from any direction, which yeah. is what I like about Australian rules football as well. It's not in lines. It's in, you know, it's a 360 degree okay. game. Yep. Yep. But the skill of those guys getting, like going down and getting back up again on skates, I find amazing. And my favorite thing about it is the, the bit where you can just drop your gloves and fight with right. the goat. Like that is one of my, every sport should have that. In every <laughs> sport, they should have a bit where you can just go, look, there's a circle on the ground, mm-hmm. Cricket. I'm oh like, God, like, that'd break up five days if there was just one circle on the mm-hmm. ground where the batsman could, like, drop his gloves and go and punch the bowler and then just get <laughs>
0: back to it. Yeah.
1: I'm totally into that.
0: Everybody stand. Everyone gets out of the way. Right. Let's them finish. It's perfect. Prefer- like, it's just, I, I like it. It's mm-hmm. a bit of respect. Let's
1: not just have fights all the time. We'll just, we'll get this done in the proper place, and then we'll both go and sit in our
0: sit-ins, and then we'll come back. You know, and, and the beauty of it is, many times, these guys are actually friends off the ice. Right. Yeah, and they'll shake hands afterwards. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's the job. Yeah, yeah. My job's to be the goon. Right. Oh, I love that. What? So have you gone to hockey game?
1: Ice hockey games? I have also seen the uh, movie Goon, which I oh, re- yeah. which I really really enjoyed. Um, I'll i
0: recommend that as well. I yeah, liked it. It's yeah. fun.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I was lucky enough in Montreal this year to have lunch with Jay... I'm not going to get his last name. Jay Barish. The, anyway. Oh, Barishall. Barishall. Yeah. Jay Barishall? Like, but that, Anyway, yeah. but people know who I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Seth Rogen's mates yeah. from the movies. Yeah. <laughs> but he's in that film, Goon, and which oh, I right. I really think is a fantastic it's a really fun and sean william scott who's
0: originally from minnesota oh is that right
1: yeah oh there you go that's Uh a good minnesota fact for you what other celebrities are from minnesota so that i can like you know get a bit of a sense of that uh judy garland is that right yeah and what about comics is there like a famous louis anderson oh louis anderson's uh, minnesota louis anderson yeah my uncle you should know that i should be selling more
0: tickets yeah yeah.
1: i should i should be going around talking about uncle louis
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly I actually asked people, you know, I I went out on Twitter and, had, and uh, asked if people had any questions uh-huh. for you. And one person did ask if you know Lonnie Anderson. Oh. And do you know who that is? Uh, Burt Reynolds' ex-wife? Yes. yes, yes, Whatever. WKRP in Cincinnati. She's an actress. Yes. Yes, yeah, Burt Reynolds, exactly. Ah, uh, there you go. So uh, she's from Minnesota, but yeah. not... No uh, relation. No, no relation. And no. also, uh, she's not a comic. Let's see. Well, Mitch Hed- Hedberg, you me- you mentioned him first. Yeah, course.
1: so Mitch Hedberg. Oh, so I, I didn't know that he was from... He, he was actually mm-hmm. from here. Oh yeah. So was this the club where he would have started out? Then
0: is that uh, kind he, of the? He did some work here. Yeah. 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 And another club in town, I believe.
1: I uh, love uh, Mitch Hedberg. In fact, I don't know if this is true, uh, but I know that his wife was trying to make a documentary about you know his life and put together a lot of. And I may have done the last ever interview with Mitch. Now I don't know if this is true. I know when they contacted me they were suggesting that it may be the last interview with Mitch. I was doing a documentary at Montreal like you know just before just oh, wow. before he died and we interviewed him for the documentary and so they were trying to get access to this you know this footage so they could use it in this film and and she said it may be the last like recorded interview that that wow. we have and so again I'm not 100% sure if that is true but it it, it may be true so no yeah. he was a real hero of mine and I, uh, I I I didn't know that he was he was from here I knew that he had spent some time here but I didn't actually know he was from And here.
0: of course Swordson, Nick Swordson. Oh yeah no it's good cool. yeah. Who uh, who's coming here and uh, like sold out three shows uh, here a month or two from now in like they put, they put the tickets out on a pre-sale for uh-huh. the Acme Insiders. Let this be a let's let this be a uh, a tip for right. everyone listening to this who's not signed up for the Acme Insider list. Get on there because like uh, when Nick Swartz and tickets went on sale to the insiders, it completely sold out before the general public was ever even notified.
1: People, uh, like in general, like with comedy clubs, like there's a lot of, particularly clubs like this that run such a good operation and like, you know, it's the same, like in in Cleveland when I was playing there, like if you get on some of those mailing lists, like, you know, I know in Cleveland when Chappelle came to town, like, you know, again, the tickets didn't go on sale to the public because the people on the insider mailing list were like, Dave Chappelle? Yep, okay, we're going. So get on. That's what I'm saying. Let's give that a plug. That's good.
0: Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. Uh,
1: However, for Will Anderson tickets, you can get them at the door. Well,
0: if you want to walk up. Uh, <clears throat> I heard the ticket sales are pretty good. But if people want to come to the Late Show Friday, I yeah. think there are a few available tickets. Yeah, a few, few, few available tickets. Are you uh, now? Yeah, we definitely got to wrap it up. Yep. Because I need to go pick up my children yes. from school. Well, that's a, a good reason a to finish your podcast. The afternoon. Yeah, exactly. but I have uh, two more quick questions right, here. Cool. Uh, you, you've done radio, you've done some acting, the hosting, uh, written some books. Yes. You've got the, uh, you know, CDs, comedy. Are you selling anything? Do you bring nope. anything along to sell don't bring shows anything. these days? Nope. Nothing?
1: I don't like, I mean, here, for two reasons. Um, and uh, no, no disrespect to people who do do it, mm-hmm. but I kind of, I, I, my attitude is very much that I want to put everything that I have into the show. And the thing that I realize when you're selling stuff is you've got to do another show almost. Like it's another half an hour or whatever of like, you know, you being up and being vibey and selling stuff and being... And for me... Like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I had the energy to do that. But now, like a double show, like a double on a Friday kills me. Yeah. Like I have to sleep all day Saturday just to get through the double <laughs> on the... You know, on New Year's Eve, I was in uh, Denver and we, we, it was like the three show New Year's Eve. You know, you got the all ages show at four o'clock and proper all ages show too. Like, I mean, kids like 80 kids under probably like 12 in the audience and I've got to do an hour of clean material. There was like, so there's 400 people, 500 people in this room, completely sold out. You know, New Year's Eve, you know, like and adults and children, And two Australians in the room. And I'm like, why did you guys come to this? There's like a 7 o'clock show and like a 10 o'clock show. You could have come to those. They're going to be fun and sweary and drinky. And they were like, we're from Australia. We did not believe that you could go an hour without swearing. (laughs) We were like, we just wanted to witness it. We wanted to see what you did. How did it go? Oh, it turns out I can. But I choose not to. No. <laughs> Did you use any of your uh, like filthy material and just change some words? Nah, not really. I mean, I've got I've done nineteen hour shows, so over the years, there's definitely stuff that, like you know, there's funny things that my parents said when I was growing up, and yeah. material like that that works that I just don't do anymore because it's not where my comedy is and what I want to be talking about on stage anymore. But you know, the jokes are actually still funny and they they still work.
0: No, I am curious that. Uh, should you be back in Australia right now searching for flight 370? I know that the uh, uh, government is—it's it's is, uh, not you know. my
1: responsibility. It's not. No. Okay. No. No. No.
0: No. But I, I, look, if they'd left it to me, uh, then oh, look. I, when I'm up past midnight and uh-huh. it's noon. Back there, or, yeah. whatever, or down there, uh, I'm seeing these, uh, you know, all these press conferences. Mm. And uh, oh
1: yeah, no, no, we kept thinking we, we, we kept thinking we found it. Turns out we hadn't found it. <laughs> found it? No, I'm not sure they're ever going to find it because it's, I mean, and with all due respect to the, the people who, who died, uh, it's a tiny plane in the middle of a vast, vast ocean. Yeah. Like it's so far down, like it's over three and a half kilometers, like it's miles. Down on the bottom of the ocean, if it's even there. The only person who really goes down that far is like is James Cameron. So that's, that's right. our only hope. Yeah, our only hope is that James Cameron will find it. Coming, so don't ask me. Ask James Cameron. <laughs> is my point
0: coming in two thousand eighteen? Right. James Cameron's Flight Three
1: Seven Zero. I mean, he could yeah. he could do it. Mm-hmm. He could, he's the only guy who could do it. I mean, I think there's like so much of the floor of the even when you get down that far, there is I think almost like half a kilometer which was like I mean anyway like there's like half a mile maybe let's just say that of of fish shit like seriously that's what happens like it's all this just dark like you know that's what it is. That's the bottom of the ocean floor. You don't want to open your mouth down there. No. <laughs> I mean, don't dive down there. you actually take a gulp. Yeah. It'd be good if they actually do find it and see if those fancy watches, you know, people have those fancy watches that are like, you, they're tested to like, yeah, right. three, it'd be amazing if they actually find it and like all the watches are still working. And like,
0: well, you know what? It did actually eventually come in handy. You're right. Turns out this was nothing more than a Casio commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Will, that's it. My pleasure. We'll talk next time. This was fun.